Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let's pray and we'll get into the Bible. So, Father, right now in Jesus' name, we thank you for the opportunity to open the Word of God, enter into the Word of God, to learn and grow in our understanding of you and your ways. We ask your Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us into the truth. As the Spirit of truth, we expect just that. You are our teacher, Holy Ghost. Our hearts, we declare, fertile ground for the seed and water of the Word. And once again, Lord, we look to you for all the increase. We thank you right now in Jesus' name that as doers of the Word, we shall be blessed. We thank you for it, Father. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And everyone said, Amen. Glory to God. Praise you, Jesus. Well, go with me in your Bibles this morning or look up here. We're going to go to Ephesians chapter 1 to start this off. This is one of the Holy Spirit-inspired prayers found in the New Testament. What am I talking about? I'm talking about uh, uh, prayers that the Holy Spirit moved upon the author, the person who wrote it, because the Holy Spirit's really the author. But it is a prayer that you can pray over yourself, over your family, over your church family, over your pastors, and you can pray it every day. In fact, Brother Hagin, when he got the revelation, I don't remember if it was the Lord who told him to do this or how, how he got started doing this, but he began to pray the Ephesian prayers morning, noon, and night, three times a day. And he said he prayed it and prayed it and prayed it. He would go, he'd walk into the uh, uh, church where he was the pastor, and the Bible would already be open to that, those pages. And he'd pray those Ephesian prayers. And he said at the end of like 30 days, he looked back at some of, the way, some of his past messages, and he was wondering how in the world did I ever preach something like that? In other words, it was the revelation that he now received from God was so great because he simply took God at his word and prayed these prayers out. How many believe it's Holy Spirit inspired that if you pray it, you're going to get results? You're going to get exactly what this prayer says here. Have you ever had a loved one that doesn't know the Lord, or I'm talking about it, maybe it's a Christian, doesn't really know the Lord that well, or just got born again? This is, a, this is an excellent prayer to pray over them. Amen. Listen to this prayer, beginning, and I'm going to read it from the Amplified. Verse 17 says, For I always pray to you, to the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory. Now, I'm going to personalize that this prayer, Okay. I'm going to pray for us right now as I'm reading it. For I always pray to the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, that you may grant us a spirit of wisdom and revelation, of insight into your mysteries and secrets, into a deep and intimate knowledge of you, by having the eyes of our hearts flooded with light, so that we can know and understand the hope to which you have called us, and how rich is your glorious inheritance in the saints, your set apart ones. Verse 19, and so that you, so that we can know and understand what is the immeasurable and unlimited and surpassing greatness of your power in and for us who believe in as demonstrating in the working of your mighty strength, which you exerted in Christ when you raised him from the dead and seated him at your own right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion, and every name that is named, 
above every title that can be conferred, not only in this age and in this world, but also in the age and the world which are to come. And you have put all things under his feet, and you have appointed Jesus the universal and supreme head of the church, a headship exercised throughout the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all, for in that body lives the full measure of him who makes everything complete and who fills everything everywhere with himself. That's a powerful prayer, isn't it? Now, I want you to notice verses 19 and 20 of that prayer from the uh, Passion Translation. I really like this. I pray that you will continually experience the immeasurable greatness of God's power made available to you through faith. Then your lives will be an advertisement of this immense power as it works through you. This is the mighty power that was released when God raised Christ from the dead and exalted him to the place of highest honor and supreme authority in the heavenly realm. Glory to God, glory to God. Now, look at verse uh, 19 and 20 from the Amplified once more. And so that you can know and understand what is the immeasurable. Everybody say immeasurable. In unlimited, everybody say unlimited. And surpassing greatness, everybody say surpassing greatness, of his power, notice in and for us who believe. I got a question. How many believers are out there this morning? Oh, thank you, Lord. I don't want to get ahead, but I just got to, I got to ask you a simple question. Got to ask my people some, a question here, Lord. Woo! You, according to this prayer, have in you and available for you the power of Almighty God. You have power, Holy Ghost power, God's power in you. I got it in me. Yet how many Christians go through their entire lives on this earth and not once tap into that power? That's not going to be us. I said that's not going to be us. Because you see... God has us on this particular subject for a reason. I am convinced that God has us on this subject because it's time for us, the church, for us as Christians, for us as followers of Jesus to step up and demonstrate to this world that power that is in us and available for us. Glory to God. Oh, man, I know where I'm going. I'm getting happy up here. Hallelujah. Friends, the greatest display of the greatest power ever exerted in history, in the history of this world, really in the history of this universe, was when Jesus was raised from the dead. That was the greatest display of God's power ever. And I want you to notice something in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 1. 
this, go, the, that verse says this, and you, everybody say, that's me. He made alive when you were dead and slain by your trespasses and sins. Notice that verse starts with the word and. What kind of word is and? It is a conjunction. That means that scripture goes with what we just read in Ephesians chapter 1. In other words, when Jesus was raised from the dead, we were raised from the dead with him. So when I say it's the greatest display of God's power ever, I'm not just talking about Jesus being raised from the dead. I'm talking about every human being walking the face of this planet who has ever walked the face of this planet, whoever will walk the face of this planet, was raised from the dead. Now, someone might say, well, Pastor Dan, if that's true, then why isn't everybody saved? Because not everybody has used their faith to take advantage of that biblical truth. I'm getting ahead of myself, self, whatever that word meant. I'm getting ahead of myself, but I'm going I'm to say it. I'm going to go ahead and say it. You want me to go ahead and say it? Do you know what the fuse is that activates the power, that lights up the power, that gets it going and gets it moving, gets it working? Our faith. Mm, God, you are so good. Thank you, Jesus. Notice Ephesians 2, 5. Jesus was our substitute. We were in him when he went through all that he did. He made us alive according to Ephesians 2.1. And notice Ephesians 2.5, it says, even when we were dead, slain by our own shortcomings and trespasses, notice he made us alive together. Everybody said he made me alive together. In fellowship, say that, in fellowship and in union with Christ. He gave us... Glory to God, man, the Holy Ghost is all over me. He gave us the very life of Christ himself. The same new life with which he quickened him. I got the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Living in me. I got resurrection power living in me. Now, do you think that my adversary and your adversary can have any kind of sway over our lives? No way, unless we let him. I got God's power in me. I am a canister of power. I am a vessel of power. I'm going to get ahead of myself again, and there is no power like this power. Did you hear what I just said? Atomic power, which is probably the greatest power we know of here on this earth, pales in comparison to God's power. Oh, man, I want to go with this, but Lord, I'm going to stick with what you gave me here, Lord. Mm. Friends, the greatest display of God's power was when Jesus, as well as all of mankind, was raised from the dead. There in Ephesians 1, it says this. This power is immeasurable, unlimited, and surpassingly great. Whew. It's immeasurable. In other words, it can't be measured. Say long. It's, it has no limits. It's limitless. There aren't any limits to it. 
I want you to be listening, not just with your head now. I want you to be listening with your heart. This power is immeasurable. It's limitless. There is no power greater than that power that's now in you and me. Are you seeing this? Am I just making something up up here? This is truth. And yet how many Christians go through this life with their backs all bowed over, with a frown on their face, saying, woe is me, I'm just always being attacked by the enemy. The devil's only always running roughshod over my family and me. We're always sick, broken, disgusted. I don't know how we're going to make it. We're going to just barely make it through until we get to heaven. Come on now. Am I trying to come against people when I say that? No. It's time for the church to wake up. It's time for us to get this revelation. I've got unlimited power in me, immeasurable power in me, surpassing greatness of power in me. There's nothing greater than this. Do you think this power can make a difference in our lives? See, the other day as I was pondering this, when I was, I, I was picturing in my mind, Jesus in hell. And I was envisioning Jesus kneel down, praying, and all the demons were coming against him and just messing with him. So when he first went down, they thought they had won. They were, they were probably having a party as best as they could have a party. They're in hell. They're having a good old time. I said, they're having a good old time. Then something happened. When the Father said, enough, the Holy Spirit went down into the heart of the earth. And Jesus, the Bible tells us that Jesus was raised from the dead with that resurrection, resurrection power. And when I saw, what I saw was like it was a giant explosion. And all of those demons went flying off of him. And he stood up glorious. He stood up powerful. He stood up and he made an open show of them right before all of hell and all of heaven. I'm telling you, friends, that very same power is now in you and in me. Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. I, 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 I just, I mean, if I could do backflips right now, I'd do a backflip. You don't want me to try. Because then you'd be calling an ambulance real quick. <laughs> Hallelujah. And when we get a bigger church, at this point in time, I might have taken off and started running. But also, thank God, we don't have that big of a church right now, building-wise. So I don't have to worry about that, do I? Hallelujah. This is something for us to shout about. This is something for us to rejoice about. Yet how many Christians fail to even recognize that they've got this power in them? Go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And as you're turning there, or again, you can look up here. I want to set this up. The Apostle Paul was a very educated man, a very eloquent speaker, okay? And after his conversion, he was sent by God by Jesus, he was, he was, Jesus sent him out to reach the Gentiles, to preach the gospel message to the Gentiles. 
And pretty much everywhere he went, he not only uh, uh, preached the word of God, shared the gospel message, but he also had accompanying signs and wonders. Are you listening? And, and he established churches pretty much everywhere he went. But in this case, right before this happened, in Acts 17, you can read about it, Paul went to a place called Mars Hill. And, and, and while he was there, he began to reason with and debate with a lot of these, these people that went to Mars Hill. And, and, and what they would do is they, did, they would talk about and debate about the different religions that were out there and so forth along those lines. And, and so Paul got hurt, saw this and he began to, to, to talk with them and speak with them and debate with them. But that was it. I said, that was it. And as a result, once he got done, when he left from that place, he got very few born again. I mean, just a few, the Bible says just a few people got born again. And that really did something to Paul. And it, it, I mean, it, it impacted him. And he made a decision, a quality decision from that point forward. He would no longer just preach with mere words, but in demonstration of the Spirit. Notice in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1. And I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech or wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God. In other words, after what happened to Paul at uh, 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 Mars Hill, he made the decision he wasn't going to rest on his own speaking abilities, his ability to debate. Verse 2 says, For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Right there, my friends, is the heart of Christianity. To know Jesus Christ and what he's accomplished for us through his redemptive work. Verse 3, I was with you in weakness and fear and, and in much trembling. Now, I want you to know that I've heard different people talk about that scripture, but the Lord gave me what I believe is the revelation to this, the understanding of what that was talking about. We must never allow fear to get in us. Never. I want you to notice what I said there. We must never allow fear to get in us. But does that stop from fear, stop fear from coming against us? Does that stop fear from coming against us? No. I, you've heard me tell this story before, but some of you may not have heard it. I'm going to share it again because this is the truth. When I was at Canaan land, and, and, and we had gone to a hallelujah party. Caitlin gone to this church. He had a hallelujah party, and we, were, we got home that night, and we all went to bed, and I don't remember what the time was, but I got up to go to the restroom later on. And when I, and all of a sudden, Caitlin Land is out in the boonies. I'm telling you, there's nothing. It's in Otagaville, Alabama, population three. No, I don't know what population is. <laughs> but it doesn't have that many people there. And we're out in the boonies, and all of a sudden, as I'm going to the restroom, a car drives by. Well, it's Halloween. Of course, we celebrate Hallelujah party, but it was, it's Halloween. And when I'm going to bed, all of a sudden, I get hit with thoughts. That's probably somebody out there that's going to come and try to bring destruction to this place because this is a Christian place. And when I went to bed, all of a sudden, I heard... And I, I'm telling you, I can't express this enough. I, it, fear got on me. 
I couldn't, I mean, have you ever been in a place where you couldn't even move? That's how it was for me. I couldn't even move. But I could say, Jesus. And then I heard it again. Jesus. And I heard it again. Jesus. And I start to get louder. Jesus. 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 And it got off of me. And then right there and then, God spoke to my heart and said, what you're hearing is Bull Rada, another student there who was, I think, 5'10", from the neck down, had tattoos on his body, had a bullet still in his body, had knife marks all over his body, was the leader of a motorcycle gang, living across the way from me, snoring. I believe that God the Father and Jesus Christ had a really good time up in heaven at the, on my expense. But the point I'm trying to get across, it got on me. But I didn't get it in me. Notice that the Apostle Paul still went, didn't he? He still went. How do you get fear in you? By meditating in it. Meditating on it. Those thoughts come, you begin to think about it. Pretty soon you're speaking it out. And pretty soon those very things that you were afraid of come on you. Are you listening? I'll use an illustration of my life recently. I've got a little granddaughter named Mimi who is not afraid of anything. I've never seen a little girl be this way. She'll stand up on the chairs. She'll stand up on the futons, and she gets right on the edge. And I'm like going, Mom, Dad, meaning Brooke and Casey, will you please get your daughter off the edge? And God, it's just like immediately, what do I start doing? I begin to plead the blood and say, I thank you, Lord, for your angels that are charged over her, to keep her, to protect her. She has run by our table that is perfect height for her little head and just missed it. James even mentioned it the other day. Did you see how close she was? I said, That's a, there's an angel's hand right there protecting her and keeping her. I believe in this stuff. The point is, again, I could have yielded to it. Don't you, you think she might fall? She might break her arms and blah, blah, blah. How many people would do that? That's get letting the fear in. That's what you cannot do. We must never allow fear in. If you can't say anything else, say Jesus. 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 Amen. Glory to God. He still went that to that place. Glory to God. A person in fear who would let fear in would have never showed up, would they? They wouldn't have gone, but he did. And, and you've got to understand about that place, Corinth. It was an evil place. It was infested with demons. There were no other churches. There were no churches there. There wasn't anybody that Paul knew there, to the best of my knowledge. And yet, even though he was going to this place, even though the enemy was probably bombarding him with th thoughts, he still went. And he made such a huge difference in that city for Jesus Christ. Glory to God. Listen to this, verse 4. And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom. See, that's the way Paul, in a lot of cases, would try to do stuff with. His ability to persuade people with his speech. But he said, now it's going to be in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. In other words, no longer am I going to rely on my 
ability to speak, my debating skills. I'm going to rely on the power of Almighty God. I'm going to rely on the Holy Spirit to show up and demonstrate to you what I'm talking about. Woo! Glory to God. This is getting me excited. In verse 5, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. We as Christians should our ha- first and foremost to have faith in God. How many know that's true? We're also to have faith in his word. That's where faith comes from. We are also to have faith in the blood of Jesus. Thank God for the blood and what it means to us. God just got done recently doing a whole teaching about that. And we are supposed to have faith in the power of Almighty God. Are you listening to me? I am convinced that what has happened down through the years is the church of the Lord Jesus Christ has let this go. That's why we're not seeing all kinds of demonstrations out there. Have you ever wondered why that if you go to a lot of foreign countries, like, for example, Africa, you can go there and preach, and I'm telling you, you will see some of the greatest miracles you've ever seen with your natural eyes. You will, I mean, I've been watching, and I don't remember if it was a Todd White, Todd White video or what, which one it was, but they were, at a, 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 they were having a meeting there in Africa, And man, they had people that were possessed with demons, and you could tell they were possessed with demons. They literally had a tent set up for people who were dealing with that. Because think about it. For a whole lot of people, if a person's demon-possessed, they would be freaked out, they would be focused on that, and they would not have their focus on Jesus. And as a result, that fear that would kind of come on them would get in them. So they, they would take these people in this tent. But do you know what happened when they went into the tent? Do you know what happened when they went into the tent? They went into that tent and those people were delivered and set free by the power of God. Whew. Oh, my, 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 my. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We have got... Uh, see, thank you, Lord. As a minister of the gospel, I have a responsibility to do what I do by faith. I endeavor to hear from Almighty God as to what direction the Lord wants me to go in when I'm preaching. What message do you want me to preach to these folks? What, does, what is God's heart for you right now? And as I said to you, again, we've, we've, we've just talked about having faith in the blood. We just talked about the importance of, of us as as God's, the God of more than enough's children to live in the land of more than enough, which takes faith. And now we're talking about having faith in the power. There's got to be a reason why God wants us on this particular topic. And if you don't know what it is, I'm going to share it with you during this study. Because again, I'm convinced we're living in the last of the last days. And what's going to reach this world isn't someone standing up being real eloquent with their speech. 
Let me take you to the Bible and what the Bible says. I'm not saying, I'm not coming against being a preacher, preaching what the Word says. I am a preacher. I preach what the Word says. But what I am determined from this day forward is to have accompanying signs and wonders. And what are those signs and wonders for? To toot my horn? Let me tell you a little secret here. This big boy couldn't perform one single miracle in and of myself. I do not have any power to come against the enemy in and of myself. I hope you're listening to me. But glory to God, I'm not in and of myself. I'm a child of God. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. I've got Holy Ghost power in me. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. You've heard me say this before. Sometimes I feel like just being able to rip this body off and let you see what's on the inside. Because see what's on the inside, as who was it, Smith Wiggles used to say, I'm a thousand times bigger on the inside than I am on the outside. And there's truth in that. You guys, thank you, Jesus. Yes. God is wanting to do a quick work in the earth today. And he needs us as members of the body of Christ to believe that when we go out, there is nothing we will ever face that is greater than you and the power that's in us. There's nothing we will ever face. There's nothing we will ever face that we will look at it and say, wow, what can I do with that? That's impossible. That can't be done. Well, glory to God. See, those are the words that should stir us up. That's what? I'm sorry. What did you just say? Can you repeat that? Please tell me that. Say it again. Just tell me again. Please say it again. That's impossible. It can't be done. Well, let me just show you what my God can do in this situation. Because, see, my God is the God of the impossible. My God's the God who can take what is impossible with man and make it possible with us. My God's the God who can say, he tells me to speak to my mountain, that, in, that impossible situation, and to, be, to go and be thrown into the sea, not doubting in my heart, but believing what I say shall come to pass, and I will have what I say. See, I... I this isn't no hocus-pocus stuff, guys. This isn't Harry Potter stuff, guys. Harry Potter's a bunch of junk. Anybody out there that's trying to get into that black magic, well, let them get into that black magic. I got Holy Ghost power in me. And there is no one, nothing that I will ever face greater than that. Are you listening? We have power in us. Holy Ghost power in us. And I'm telling you, you wait and see during this study. I'm, 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 can you tell I'm a little bit excited? This is good. I want you to get excited. I want you to realize that, listen, if you are a Christian, if you've received Jesus Christ into your heart, this immeasurable, unlimited, far-surpassing greatness of power is in you now. Resurrection power is in you right now. God's wanting to do a, a, a quick work. See, when I, when I stand before an audience of people and I preach the word, people could leave. That was a good message. It made me feel so 
good, Pastor Dan. Should I feel good about that? Or would I rather hear, wow, did you see how God showed up? Did you see that person's arm grow out? Did you see that person rise up out of that wheelchair and run around? Did you see those people brought in on gurneys and given up to die, raise up, jump up, alive? Pastor Dan, who are you? Child of God, who has God's power in me, limitless power in me, immeasurable. Oh, God, I thank you, Jesus. See, again, that's so hard for our finite minds to grasp. Something being immeasurable. Something being unlimited. Something being so great, there's nothing greater than it. And it's in us. It's in us. As Christians. And God didn't put it in us as Christians for us to go through this life with it kind of sloshing around on the inside of us so we're walking around, but we never, ever, ever, ever even think about it. It's not even something we even, you know, throughout, throughout our lives we go through our lives and we don't do anything. See, if you ever come upon an accident, a car accident, and the, 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 uh, uh, the traffic's backed up, and you're not too far away. And the Spirit of God says, I want you to get out of your car. And I want you to go up there. What are you going to do? Are you going to go, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a nurse. No, you're a child of God. Mm. They made a whole movie about a man who was killed in an accident, called dead, blanket over him, and this guy shows up. I don't remember if he was a pastor or not. I know he was a Christian, obviously. And the guy goes up to the officers and says, can I at least pray for him? He prays for this guy. is raised from the dead. This should be something that should be happening. I hope you're listening all the time. Do you doubt for a moment that if Jesus came upon that scene, that the same thing would not have happened? Oh, I want to take you somewhere. I want to show you something. Oh, man. You've got to keep coming back. Because I'm telling you, there's some things, some revelations I've gotten lately. That I, I, I've seen it. I've read it. I've spoken it. I've believed it. But God has opened my eyes to see something the way I've never seen it before. And it makes me want to do it all the time now. You might be thinking, what is it, Pastor Dan? This is just a promotion to next Sunday. Make sure you come back. Amen. <laughs> I, 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 I'm, thank you, Holy Ghost. My prayer is that as much as God has revealed this to my heart, with his anointing upon my life, that I'm going to be able to get it across to you as well. But you have a responsibility. You're going to come through those doors expecting. You're going to come through those doors uh, uh, declaring out of your mouth that my heart is fertile ground for the seed in the water of the word. And Father God, when the revelation dawns on my soul and gets in my heart, I'm going to step out in faith and do what you're telling me to do. And I'm going to expect to get results because glory to God, that's what happens when you step out in faith. You get results. Hallelujah. There's power in us. There's power in us. There's power in us. 
resurrection power in us. You know, a lot of times people at Easter time, they're saying, oh, God, yeah, yeah, we got resurrection power in us. I don't even know if that's a song, but that's, you know, that's basically the, the gist of it. But why is it there? Why is it there? Do you know how many times people, I mean, I've said it this way where the Holy Spirit's concerned. The Holy Spirit's in us. How many people go through their entire lives with the Holy Spirit in them as a spiritual hitchhiker? They never even recognize that he's there. You've got God in you. God is in you, in you, in you, in you. Everyone, God is in you. What are you going to do about it? You've got God's power in you. And it's limitless. It's immeasurable. Think about what a difference we can make in this world today. We as Christians can learn to tap into that power. Now, I want you guys to be believing with me. But I am convinced what God is going to do for us, what God is going to do through us, is going to... Big things. Big things are before us. Demonstrations of the Spirit and the power of God. That's what's going to be happening. And not just here. We're going to go out into the highways and byways. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. Amen. Whew. Glory to God. We're going to take communion. Let's just take communion right now and kind of get it all just confirmed in our lives. Yes, please. Somebody could go get our children. Please, praise God. You know, I, um, I love communion. What do we do? For, what is communion about? Is it just a religious practice? Or is it something that puts us in remembrance of the price paid for us, of Jesus' great sacrifice? Again, uh, as I said earlier, by the Spirit of God, I'll say that. It's true. Our worth is determined by the price paid for us. I don't know how many times I have struggled in my life. I've made wrong choices in my life. I've done things I shouldn't have done. But no matter what I've done, no matter how big I thought it was, it was not greater than the blood of Jesus. It was not greater than the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus will reach into the deepest, darkest places in our lives that we've tried to shut God out of because of past hurts, because of the way you were treated by your spouse, by your kids, by your teachers, by your coaches, by your peers. And as a result, you have this hurt inside of you. And you are wondering, can I ever get free of this? And God is saying to you right now, just simply open the door up and let me in. The blood of Jesus, listen, will not only forgive us of our sins. The Bible is very clear that God removes our sins as far from us as the east is from the west. And, now get this, God chooses not to remember them anymore. And, uh, this is so good about the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus 
removes us sin consciousness. Did you hear what I just said? Because see, the enemy loves to keep coming and telling us, you're sorry, you're, you're a horrible person, on and on and on. What is he trying to do? Get you over in condemnation and guilt. He wants you to have a sin consciousness. The blood of Jesus removes a sin consciousness and replaces it with a righteousness consciousness. Oh, hallelujah. Do you know that you could have sinned this morning, ask God to forgive you, and now stand before a pure and holy God justified? Just as if you had never sinned at all? That's how powerful the blood of Jesus is. Put yourself in remembrance of what he's done for you. I listen to music. Um, I think Sean, I had some of it on out there. He goes, what kind of music is that? And he goes, that's the kind of music I pray to. And there's a particular one of these songs that I listen to. Every time I hear it, I envision Jesus carrying the cross with his back just in tatters. Barrett just struggling. Of course, he gets to the place where then all of a sudden, who was it, Simon, that took the cross and carried it the rest of the way for him. But I see Jesus on the cross. And I see him. I see him look right at me. And he says, Father, forgive him. For he knows not what he does. If that don't get you right here in your heart. He loves you and he loves me. As we take this communion, let's take it in the right way. The Bible says to judge ourselves. Go back and look at, I'm not saying, listen, I'm not saying condemn yourselves. Judge yourselves. If there's something you need to get right, just say, God, forgive me. You don't have to go and find some glass to crawl across. You don't have to get one of those cat of nine tails and beat yourself over the back with it. You know, there's some religions out there that do that kind of stuff. That's not the way our God is. He just says, so, he just says Ask, confess your sins before me. I'm faithful and just to forgive you and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. In other words, the blood of Jesus is greater than that. Thank you, Jesus, for what you've done for me. Hallelujah. If our ushers would please pass it out now. This is open to anyone in here that's a Christian. If you receive Jesus Christ into your heart and you're born again, this is available to you right now. Judge yourself. Close your eyes. Well, wait till you get your elements and then when you close your eyes. But begin to think about do it begin to think about what jesus has done for you the great sacrifice he paid for you who the great sacrifice he paid for you the price he paid for you thank you jesus hallelujah my wife if you would come please hallelujah love you jesus Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Again, you get your elements. Just close your eyes. Stand before Jesus. Answer the simple question. 
God, am I living for you the way I'm supposed to be living for you? Do I have you first place in my life? Am I seeking first the kingdom of God and your righteousness? Do I need to make some adjustments in my heart, in my life? The choices I've been making, decisions I've been making. But do not for a moment get over into condemnation because that's not God. And that's not coming from this pulpit. Just call upon the blood of Jesus Christ. And know that that blood is powerful to cleanse you from any sin. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Did everyone get the elements that wanted the elements? Hold on one second. Okay. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. The Spirit of God is in this place. We honor you, King Jesus. We love you, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Bless you, my King. Bless you, my King. I bless you, my King. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise the name of Jesus. The Bible says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks... He broke it and said, take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. I have my wife pray over the bread representing his body. Hallelujah. We thank you, Father, that this wafer represents all the disease, all the infirmity, all the insanity, everything that ever could have been laid upon man under the curse was laid on you and your word tells us in Isaiah that you bore our sicknesses our weaknesses and diseases and the good news is you carried it away and so father we just thank you right now in the name of Jesus for that yes, broken Lord. wounded body of our thank Lord you, and Jesus. Savior Jesus Christ Thank you for what you did for us. Thank you, you redeemed us from the curse of sickness in our bodies. And anyone who needs healing in any area of your physical body, when you take this wafer, just thank him that you are the healed, the redeemed, the delivered. Hallelujah. From the top of your head to the soles of your feet, every organ, cell, system, fiber of your being, come into alignment with the word that says in 1 Peter 2.24, by the stripes that Jesus bore in his body, you have been healed and made whole. You may break and eat. Thank you, Lord. Healing is in this place. The healer is in this place. It is his will. It is his will. Healing is for us today. Verse 25 of 1 Corinthians 11 says, In the same manner he also took the cup after supper, saying, 
This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Heavenly Father, thank you again for Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for coming, laying down your life for us, shedding your innocent blood for us. We believe that precious blood has been placed on the altar seat there in heaven, and it still speaks to this day. It speaks of our salvation. It speaks of our healing. It speaks of our freedom. Hallelujah. It speaks of our being blessed, of being provided for. Divine protection. The blood still speaks. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We are now partakers of a better covenant based upon better promises than the old. It's been ratified and sealed with your precious blood. It is an eternal covenant that will never, ever be broken. We praise you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the blood. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And everyone said, amen. You may take and drink. Hallelujah. 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 Praise you, my Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the blood. Thank you for your broken body. Thank you for all you've done for us, Lord. Our hearts cry is that we may live a life that pleases you, to live a life of faith and a life of trust in you. Not be moved by what we see or how we feel, but to live in accordance with your word based upon what we believe. Thank you, dear God, that our best days are before us. As we walk out the plan of purpose you have designed for each of us. I'm convinced of the good work you've begun in all of us. You will complete and perfect right up into the day of the Lord. We are yielded subjects to you. We believe that you, Holy Spirit, are revealing Jesus to us in a greater dimension, in a greater way than ever before. We are being transformed into his image from one degree of glory to the next. Hallelujah. Glory to God, we worship you. We praise you. We thank you again for all of these things. In Jesus' name we pray and everyone said, Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Well, I trust you got something today. I preached myself happy. And I believe that I'm telling you, you need to keep coming back. Because this is going to go places. God's going to take us places. My Again, be praying for me. Be praying for my wife. The enemy loves to attack. But he's defeated. I like to remind him that he's the eternal defeated one. Did you hear me? As far as I'm concerned, I'm the eternal victorious one. Because I'm in the victorious one. Ha, ha, ha. Glory to Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Well, Father, I just pray a special blessing of these people now on, on this special day for mothers. I just pray a special blessing on all the mothers represented here and those watching via live stream. I just ask you to comfort them, grant them supernatural peace and a divine wisdom in raising their children the way they're supposed to be raised. In a spirit of love, gentleness, kindness, hallelujah, pointing their children, showing their children, demonstrating to their children how to live a life of faith. Thank you for these things now, Lord. 
in the mighty name of Jesus.